We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. going on this week in growing up rock i jump on a phone call with tom from classic 78 we get into all kinds of conversation from his earliest memories of rock and roll music and how he got into kiss to start with as well as um, the state of the music industry today and touring Uh, we also talk about uh, the possibilities of a side two to that ep that they put out and uh, will we ever see the band live? So uh, kick your shoes off, sit back, and enjoy the ride. So, Tom, is Classic 78 um, just yourself and Joe and Rory? That's correct. Just the three of us. Okay. And and, and uh, Joe Joe is the one that, that sings the Paul Stanley songs, and is he also the guitar player? Uh, no, he is he is he is a guitar player. He's a, he's an excellent guitar player, actually. But he um, he didn't play any guitars on the record. He just did uh, lead vocals on on uh, Standing Tall and on Passion and Love. Uh, but um, you know, in the future, if we decide that we want to uh, maybe put together side two um, during the recording process, uh, he'll probably be incorporated in in some of the guitar playing, the rhythm playing, and stuff. Um, so, you know, Joe, Joe sings lead on those two tracks on, on the first album. I did all the guitars and all the bass, uh, on the first album and uh, Rory did all the drumming on the first album. Got it. And, uh, hopefully you guys will decide to, uh, to, uh, do, um, uh, side two, because I know there's a lot of people out there that would support that. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool because they, you know, the response has been really really uh positive and people do want it and and uh you know it's just a matter of uh if we if we are happy with what the if if we're happy with what the material is because if it doesn't if you know i I don't think it's going to be a problem to be honest with you but uh based on what we have going already but if for some reason it just didn't measure up then then we probably wouldn't release it but uh the, the the plan at this point is to uh is to um go back in and, and do a side. And, uh, as long as it's as good, if not better than the first one, you know, we'll, we'll release it in the future, you know? 
Yeah, so the overall idea of this was that it was a a project, uh, not necessarily a band. It was put together uh, sort of as a tribute to KISS, right? Um, uh, for KISS fans, by KISS fans type situation. Um, uh, that's uh, the whole idea behind Classic 78. So, yeah, it, it was definitely, you know, uh, the Classic 78 album is, is absolutely a tribute. It's not. It's not a. Uh, we're not trying to establish ourselves as a, as a, uh, you know, uh, anything other than that. To be honest with you, and it's just a fun thing that we were able to do, um, you know, to 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 uh, you know connect with the, the Kiss fan base that liked those records and liked when they made that type of sound, you know, and uh, we didn't know how much interest would be in it. We just knew that we could you know release it, and with the advent of the you know. Uh, the internet people could uh you know we could let people know about it and then word could spread and people could find it if they wanted to you know just so happened that it 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 spread pretty fast and it and people connected with it so we're really happy about that because the goal would be to to get to have as many people hear this as as possible and have them like it so it's you know it's a unique situation and we had a lot of fun with it and we're still having a lot of fun with it and people are still discovering it you know every day which is which is cool um so it's definitely something that it'll if if we continue to 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 do classic 78 releases it's it's going to continue to be a, a tribute to uh Eugene and Paul and Ace and Peter. Yeah, and I I think it's happening very organically, right? So it's 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 not like uh you guys are are doing MTV videos, not that MTV plays videos, but it's not like you're doing YouTube videos and it's not like you're getting a ton of airplay. It's it's all word of mouth organically uh happening and growing whether it's um on a celebrity level like uh in, as is in the case of uh charlie benante or or whether it's uh just at our level where we're more podcasters we're music fans and we're getting the word out there right exactly so it's it the the networking that takes place with uh, you know with all those type of things from the from the message boards to the podcasts and and all that stuff is it just it has been word of mouth and that's 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 what's been great about it because obviously because we don't want to ruin it for everybody and and let everybody know who we are you know uh it limits the the visual uh what you can do visually in terms in order to connect or promote you know uh you know photos and and stuff like that so you know it's it's it kind of puts us in a box in one respect but on the other respect as long as the music is good and people are you know, uh, you know, making, uh, you know, identifying with the music with those old Kiss records and they're telling each other about it. And, you know, that's that's probably the best way for this thing to, to, to get any kind of traction because there is no mechanism to promote it otherwise, you know. And, they, and, they, and based on the nature of what it is, there probably shouldn't – there wouldn't be any other way to, to do it because we've put so many limitations on us, on ourselves by not – letting people know who I am and who, you know, who Rory is and who Joe is, you know? So it's been, it's, it's, it's great that it's organic and it's great that it's been, been by word of mouth because that could just keep on going and keep on going until it doesn't go anymore. Cause there's so many, as, as many people who know about it and as many people who have purchased it and, and like it, there's way more that don't even know about it yet. You know? Yeah, that's, that's true. And, um, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's, 
big market out there for uh, people that want to revisit that old sound and get still get new music that um, is reminiscent of uh, those classic albums that we love, either by Kiss or by Aerosmith or by bands like Def Leppard or or uh, Bon Jovi or, or whatever it is, right? Uh, uh, there's there's a good uh, fan base out there that is just looking for that music. Um, and, uh, you know, Kiss is, is said uh, publicly, hey, we don't have any plans on um, revisiting our past. We don't plan on making an album that sounds like 78. Um, so, uh, you know, we leave that to somebody else to do, which you guys went and delivered um, on exactly that. And and I understand that, that um, Paul has heard uh, the classic 78 record and uh, has... has um, I guess tipped his hat to you guys and said, "Hey, uh, yeah, this is this is sounds really good," um, and so um, he, I think, he appreciates that from the fan bases. Is uh, is that the case? That is that is correct. Yeah, um, and it, we've we've known about that for for maybe three or four weeks, um, but I didn't want to get too hasty and you know have him, you know, basically a, a, a really good friend of mine. Is a is a really is a is a is a is a friend of his uh, in the in the in the industry, and they stay in touch from time to time, and you know pretty regularly actually, and just how's it going, what's happening, that type of thing. So you know, um, my buddy had reached out to him and just say, hey, have you heard of this classic '78 thing? And he said, yeah, and pretty much what I put in the in the post mm-hmm. is what he said. You know, he was very he was very uh, complimentary. You know, and he wasn't certainly. There's no threat of of any kind of uh, writing awards coming our right. way, you know, in the industry or anything like that. He, you know, he there was no, uh, you know, Detroit Rock City Part Two or Love Gun Part Two or any kind of, you know, we're not we're not breaking any new ground here in terms of songwriting, and we don't have that uh, years and years of that skill set, you know, to consider ourselves, you know, uh, high end songwriters, but. Um, you know, that also wasn't what was required on those Kiss records that we loved either, you know. So, um, you know, basically, you know, he 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 heard it in the context of that it was supposed to be listened to in, you know, as a tip of the hat to him and his early work and, you know, the original lineup of Kiss. And, uh, you know, I, I was I, I saw the text that he had given to uh, to my friend and uh and I was like, wow, that's really cool that he did that. Because first of all, he didn't have to take a, a minute of his time to listen to this thing. And, uh, you know, he was very gracious and, and, and very, uh, uh, you know, he, he he enjoyed it and he got a kick out of it, which is which is really cool. Very cool. You know? Yeah, because he, he, um, he can be critical, it, right? It he can be very sharp with the tongue sometimes. Yes. And what was even better about it is that it wasn't until after he, you know, responded to my friend's, you know, inquiry. Um that my friend told him that he actually, that we were, that, that he actually was friends with me, you know, being one of the guys from, from classic 78. So we got his honest take on it without it being, well, this is my buddy's friend. Maybe I should sugarcoat it or, you know, cushion right. it a little bit. You know, we got an honest, he gave an honest response and I had heard that he had been listening to it and might've told a few friends about it, you know, guys like Jericho and stuff like that, you know? So he just, he just enjoyed hearing it. And, uh, you know, recognizing certain things that he used to do or that they used to do, 
that we were able to, you know, um, approximate and, 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 and pull off on, on our on, on the classic 78, you know, so and it totally is a, a tribute. There's no there's no way around it. And there's no there's no other meaning behind it. It's just, hey, this is just kind of fun. This is a cool thing we did. And, you know, people seem to enjoy it. And, you know, you know, it would be cool if, if one day they heard it. And, uh, you know, if they liked it, that would be great. And that's exactly what happened, you know, and, uh, you know, it's not, it's nothing more than that. And it's nothing less than that. But the idea for me, and for some of the guys, it's the idea that he actually sat in his house and listened to this thing or that he sat in his car and listened to it or sure. whatever it was, you know, uh, it's like this, this is, this is one of the, this is one of the guys who's the reason that I even love music or, or even play music in, you know, or became a musician, you know, and he's listening, he's listening to something that I, you know, that I wrote at my house that we recorded at, you know, the drum tracks at my drummers, you know, uh, rehearsal space and and now paul stanley's in his home or in his hotel room or in his car listening to what we did as a right. nod to him which, which <laughs> you know? brings us to a good point i mean that's 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 kind of where i want to go which is obviously you uh and and the rest of the guys or at least you are are huge kiss fans i mean it's it's something that you got into music centered around is that correct yeah, all three of us. That's the reason. All three of us. Kiss is the reason why we got into music. So, so can you tell me what age range you guys are all in? Sure. No, Rory and I were were born in '70, uh, so we're in our we're in okay. our mid late '40s. And Joe is uh, a few years younger than us. He's, uh, I believe, Joe is is 35. Uh, he might be he, he might be he might be 36, but I think he's 35. What was the first Kiss record that really uh, bought it home for you, uh, and, and what age were you at when when you heard that? For for me, um, when I was I was six, and it was two albums. It was uh, Destroyer and it was Alive, both at the same time. Uh, you know, I lived in a I lived in a uh, a pretty tight neighborhood, meaning all the houses were very close together. A lot of families, a lot of a lot of kids. Uh, you know, from ages, you know, five to, to, to 18 in, right. in the, in the neighborhood, you know, just start, we're just right five minutes outside of Boston. Mm -hmm. So it's the city and, uh, everybody knew everybody's business, meaning that if you saw somebody doing something stupid, the, the parent would just grab the kid by the neck sure. and send them home, you know, uh, you know, so everybody kind of kept, kept an eye out for everybody. But, um, you know, I was six and I had a couple older sisters and the older kids, who were probably like, you know, 14, 15 or whatever, would all be hanging out on the corner and smoking cigarettes and listening to music and whatnot. And I remember one day I was out in the neighborhood and on one of the corners and uh, the older kids were hanging out and they were playing Destroyer on an eight track <laughs> machine. And I'm like, what is, I'm like, what is this? And I, I go over to the eight track machine and there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, eight track of, alive sitting right next uh -huh. to the, the machine you know so i'm listening to flaming youth looking at the cover of alive, right awesome you know
this what these guys are these holding guitars you know i just trying to wrap my mind around it and and you know and they told me what it was and no those guys are on this on this picture are the guys playing this music right. right now you know so they explained to me what it was and i my mind was blown and i was just i was you know i was i was a little guy you know but but I, but it, it caught me. So, so after that, every time I saw any of the older guys, Hey, is kiss coming? Or, you know, someone's wearing a kiss t-shirt. I'm like, Oh, where did you get, you know, I was just, I was just totally enamored with, with all of it. So, you know, and then, you know, my friends as you know, over the next year or two, you know, Christmas is coming. You're going to get, you're going to ask for kiss records or birthdays are coming. You're going to ask for kiss records or their older brothers and sisters are handing down their record collection to them. And you start inheriting kiss albums and albums and stuff like that but i distinctly and i don't know if it's the case but my memory is that the song flaming youth from from destroyer was on you know i wished i could say that i was as cool as getting into rock and roll at six years old but i i can't i mean i honestly can't <laughs> i i wasn't any i don't think i was a whole lot different than you in in the fact that hey you know just like anybody else i hung out in the neighborhood with my friends uh, I lived in a small city, so uh, we didn't have the resources that would be available to people from a bigger city, right? You, you don't get the you don't get the concerts, right. you don't get the merchandise, you don't get a lot of the uh, radio play. You just don't get as much exposure to national acts in a smaller city, um, and especially sure. especially back then. I mean, obviously now you can get exposure to anything anywhere. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, being that young, you don't really differentiate between, you know, something like Kiss and, you know, the Osmonds or, 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 you know, David Cat or, 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 you know, Sean Cassidy or whatever, you know, it's just all, oh, it's guitars and it's music and it's coming out of the radio. And then, you know, you start getting, you start getting a little bit, you know, then you start to, you start to realize, oh, there's a difference between what this is and what that is. And another one that I remember when I was a kid and it was after I had already discovered Kiss was, uh, Rod Stewart, uh, had uh -huh. a song called Hot Legs. Love that song. You know? And there was a video that he had and it's it, the video, basically the, the, most of the video is a camera situated, you know, uh, you know, from on the ground with a girl in right, you know, right. fishnet stockings. I can see her legs and then Rod's, you know, in between yep. her legs <laughs> singing the song. And I was like, oh, okay, now so I So now you're it. starting now to put I, the know. connection together between <laughs> guitars, rock and I'm roll, like, and yes, uh, women, okay. eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, those are just little things that I remember along the way that kind of you start to make your, your – you start to make your decisions about where you're going to – where you're going to – what what is interesting you or, or is, is, what do you find interesting or what what road you want to go down because you know uh it's like yeah that's definitely different what other memories do you have that center around um uh say your first concert uh what was the first concert that you uh would went to uh your first real concert the uh, the first real concert i went to wasn't until 1984 and that was uh, kiss animalize tour and that was the first concert i've ever been to in a, in a real concert, you know, as a real wow. show, you know, all for, for years, all I wanted to do was see kiss. And, you know, anytime they came to town, I always found out about it the day before or the day after, you know? So even if, even if my parents told me, no, you're not going, I didn't even have the right. time <laughs> to, to jump on it and work on it in advance. <laughs> it was always, you know, I was just running around the neighborhood, you know, throwing a ball or, 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 
or throwing a rock. You know, I just was too I just wasn't in the loop on on that stuff. And the older kids were. And it's like, oh, hey, hey, Tommy, you know, we saw Kiss last night in Providence. And I'm like, oh, they coming back this weekend? And you know, I had no right. concept of, of touring. And, you know, they come in and they roll out of town. I didn't. I thought they were there every weekend. I didn't know, you know. But um, it was it was it was Kiss Animalize. And one of the things that at that point I was 14 and I, I should have known better, but went to the show thinking they're going to play all of Animalize and maybe something off of Lick It Up. Right. You know, I didn't know you didn't how, know went, how, how you know? bands perform so, live concerts, right? Yeah. And I didn't know what, you know, why would Kiss be playing stuff from 10 years ago or, or eight years ago? I just didn't know what they right. were doing anymore, you know? So they opened up with Detroit Rock City and I'm like, Ooh, you know, so I, so along the, throughout the set, you know, I heard stuff that, um, I didn't expect them to play, which they've been playing the whole time. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't have known Detroit and, Colgin and Black Diamond, along with stuff from Creatures and Lick It Up and Animalize, you know, so that, and it was, I just didn't know how far back they went with their live shows because like, for instance, the songs on Alive 2 were not any of the songs on Alive. So I figured, oh, they must just constantly just let go of songs and then, you know, just put new batches of songs together when they perform. You know, I didn't realize that some of those records were manufactured or they did play Black Diamond on the Love Gun tour. They just didn't included on the album that type of thing right. you know on the live too you know so i did you know this was just this was like the abcs of 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 how it goes right. you know and it was great like for a first concert it was good because they they played really well they played plenty of songs i knew all the songs but they played plenty of songs you know uh spread out from the early era and and more so the new era but there was it was they just the way that they you know they and they were kind of on an upswing again you know, they, they got over the hump with of creatures and got some momentum with Lick It Up, and then they, they really were able to capitalize. Well, you well know, for sure. And, and, and any time you can see Kiss as your first concert, come on. I mean, that's that's a, that's yeah. classic, right? So, so, exactly. So were there any other um, bands or, or albums that kind of um, shaped your taste um, along the way? Um, yes, ab- absolutely. It's funny because, you know, as I got older, I started to go back like you know, there's, uh, there's just things that I that I gravitate towards. And it, a lot of it has to do with my my upbringing and my childhood, you know, just good memories and, and so many things that, you know, I'm, if, and if, just redirect me if I'm getting off track mm-hmm. here. But, you know, one of the things that I remember, you know, when I was eight, one of the older kids driving around in his his Chevy Nova, right. you know cranking cranking the first van halen record you, you know hearing you really got me i'm like what the heck wow like what is this and it's oh van halen is the new thing van halen, you know this is this is blah 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 you know and and you know i remember i remember that distinctively that's how i discovered who van halen was you know and i didn't and i didn't jump into van halen records at the time i just was made aware of him at the time but it was only because he was driving around the neighborhood cranking it you know so so and then other things like you know uh my summer times, I, I would spend a couple of weeks, you know, uh, you know, uh, at the beach or, or 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 at the pond, and you know, everybody's got their transistor radios out or their, you know, whatever. And I'm hearing stuff like the Little River Band, right? Fox and all that stuff, you know. And I was like, yeah, this is this is all stuff that's stuck in my head. Jerry, Jerry Rafferty, you know, Baker Street, all that stuff is in my DNA because for you know three summers in a row that was on. <laughs> That was on the radio every five minutes while I was just doing what a eight year old kid would be doing or a nine year old kid would be doing. This was in the background on someone's radio or, you know, or blasting out of someone's car. So, you know, 
I, I you know stuff like uh, Wings, sure. you know, uh, Paul McCartney and Wings. I'll, that I didn't, I didn't, you know, my older sister was into was into them, you know, and I didn't, you know, make note of it at the time. But it's like when I hear that stuff, it totally transports me back. You know, I had just have good good you know, memories it, it around just, it. Um, Good memories and a good feeling, and 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 you know because of that, and because of the older kids, you know, I, they in addition to listening to Kiss, they were listening to Led Zeppelin and Foghat and Ted Nugent, and that's where I went. So as people were buying, you know, uh, you know Poison records and 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 Motley Crue records, which I did too. I bought the, the Motley, the first two Motley Crue records, and and continued on for a little bit with that. But I was also bought you know Foghat Live, and I bought you know. Um, Aerosmith records and I you know and as time went on I started to go further back and like who you know if Paul mentioned Humble Pie in an interview or All Right Now in an interview now I'm looking out now I'm trying to find out what this All Right Now song is and I it's free and then I'm like oh yeah that song now I'm investigating their catalog because Paul loves it right yeah so it sounds like you it sounds like maybe you and I have similar paths and in the way we discovered things and the way we're we're still discovering things today you kind of go back and and uh dig up some of the older stuff and and you hear about a band and uh you look back on that and so uh I 100% um connect it with exactly what you're you're saying did you discover a lot of the music um through like you said you mentioned you had a sister that uh was into um uh, zeppelin and some things like that did you discover the majority of your music through your friends and the guys in the neighborhood or did you get some of it um or a portion of it at home through siblings and things like that yeah i would say it was i would say i would say it was probably 50 50 because my oldest sister was into the Beatles and she was into wings and she was into uh, Elton John. So like the yellow brick road record and all that stuff. I remember just staring at that album cover while she played it and stuff, you know, just, this was all just stuff that was around. And I remember, I remember uh, my aunt who was, who was uh, my mom's youngest sister. So she was, you know, part of the sixties generation. I remember her, she had a wings, t-shirt on and you know in 1973 and i was just i was like oh that, that looks really cool you know just stuff like that i know i keep mentioning yeah those are all really good roots uh i mean that's what lays the foundation for the music that you love today right absolutely you know i i, I found that you know as i started to learn how to play guitar and as i you know i was always listening to music but i found that i, I was going further back I didn't go that far back in terms of like, you know, once I discovered Zeppelin and totally ingested all that and I didn't start going back and getting Howlin' Wolf records or, or Lead Belly records, right. you know, I, I dabbled a little bit into hearing what that stuff was about, but I didn't keep going. I, I kind of, I just kind of kept looking around to see what was in the, in the closet around the time period that, you know, well, what was going on with Humble Pie during the Led Zeppelin era and what was going on with, you know, Free and Bad Company and, you know, that type of, you know, I just wanted to kind of, right. you know. Right. We have our cutoff points. I, I didn't go. I, I did. And some people just keep going. And, and that's awesome. I just didn't have it. And, and it kind of translated into the 80s for me where I found that, you know, you know, uh, bands like um, Cinderella or or Tesla or you know, bands that had roots in the seventies, but were, but, but were obviously they were current at the time. You know, I tended to weed out the stuff that didn't really resonate with me and the stuff that did resonate me, resonate with me was stuff that tended to have seventies, uh, um, 
characteristics, right. you know, and bands, bands like Cinderella, even though they, they, they you know, their first album, the, the hair, you know, and the, in the, in the hairspray, you know, ratio was insane. You know, they were really based out of seventies rock with eighties sounds. And then the sec, their second record, long cold winter is basically, and it's basically the Aerosmith record. I wish Aerosmith was making in 1989, you know? Yeah. It, it appears to me that, that, um, that you you like the blues based uh rock most that's what you uh tend to favor and uh I'm sort of similar in that way I like a good melody and and um uh I like to be able to um have reasonable vocals I don't care so much about the lyrics the lyrics aren't as important to me as uh just um sort of understanding um how the guy is singing so um I get where you're coming from yeah, no, I, I, I agree because it's funny. Like there's a lot of bands that I like where I, I, I think their lyrics are, are, are weak, meaning I'm not getting whatever, right. you know, I, I, I'm not getting a direct message as to what this, this song is about, you know, in certain respects, you know, with 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 Kiss, a song like Deuce, you know, Gene's words are it's just what sounds good. You know, it's it. You know, it, I don't know what the heck he's talking about in those lyrics. Get up and get your grandma out of here is the first line. <laughs> so, You know, he's kind of explained what the song means, but it's more about what the song, what the intent, what the intent of the song is, as opposed to let me just spell out this story to you. You know, and it's the same thing to me with Steven Tyler's lyrics in the seventies, exactly right, and even even into the early eighties. I don't know what he's saying on a lot of those songs, but if he changed the words, I'd be pissed. I like hearing his jargon and hearing his vernacular and hearing his vocabulary in songs like draw the line and last child. And, and, and I don't know, what, I don't, I don't know where he's coming up with this stuff, but if he sang anything else, it would be awesome. Yeah. This is perfect. G- gibberish. And it comes out great. Yeah. And it's, and it's just like, it this means something to him clearly. And he's conveying that cause he's singing it with conviction and he's really putting his a style and in, in, in something on this where it means something. And I don't need to know what it means. I just need to know it feels good to hear that with this music, that riff belongs with that lyric and that groove belongs with that riff. And it's just, it just, I don't know what's going on there, but I just know I wouldn't want to change a thing. 
Yeah, I think as as a music fan, we're always looking to reconnect with uh with those those bands, those albums, and those songs um, from our uh, misspent youth, as it is, uh, to try and get back to a simpler time. Uh, I think we we want we we use music as an escape, so we want to get away from our our daily grind, our mortgage payments, our our jobs, our forty and fifty hour week jobs, our our uh, forty and fifty year old bodies that <laughs> that are tired, and just get back uh, uh, to that music that we love. Um, there's definitely a market out there for that. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And what's, what's, you know, what I just discovered recently, and I don't know if you've heard of these guys, but there's a band called, uh, out of Michigan, they're called Greta Van Fleet. And it's basically it's Zeppelin one and Zeppelin two is what there is where they're coming from. And, and, you know, the, the, the rhythm section is 18 years old and the lead guitar player and the, and the lead vocalist are 21 year old, you know, and they're all brothers except the drummer. And they 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 write and sing and play original music that sounds like the first two albums of Zeppelin and a little bit of Zeppelin three, and they're getting a big buzz and they're touring and you know they're 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 this they're, they're like yeah we 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 love that stuff and we love all this other stuff and you know they have roots from the way that they were raised and what their parents played them they have roots that go you know, beyond Zeppelin and also the roots that Zeppelin had. They 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 were just raised in a household where all those ingredients um were in their brain. And they they, they it's just it's a refreshing take. Will they ever write a song that's that is that's as good as Whole Lot of Love or Ramble On or or Days Confused? Uh possibly. But the fact that that sound isn't being made anymore in a genuine fashion, um and now it is it's like it's refreshing to hear it you know yeah i think um i think uh the key word here is genuine right so um i don't think the younger generation is connecting very well with um the older bands like zeppelin and aerosmith and and a lot of these bands um they're just not connecting well so they need um a younger band to bridge that gap which i think is is hugely important so a younger band comes along and it sounds like zeppelin or it sounds like aerosmith or it sounds like kiss um, and the younger generation latches on to it and likes it, they're able to go back and hopefully discover some of those influences from the originals like Kiss or like uh, Aerosmith or like Zeppelin. So I think it's important to keep that type of music going. I saw Peter Frampton maybe seven years ago. Wasn't a massive Peter Frampton fan. I always thought he was a great guitar player. I had since had embraced Humble Pie and then had a whole other appreciation for him because a lot of people don't know that he was the lead guitar player in Humble yeah, Pie. Yeah, probably. Um, so he, I went to see him and he played like a pissed off eighteen year old, you know. And here he is, fifty something, sixty something, or whatever it is, and he still has the fire in his playing. It's like whoa. You know, he, it's like, yeah, he's, he's totally in it, you know? And it's just, it's, 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 it's pretty cool when you see that in some of these guys who've been around that long, when they don't lose that fire and they want to, they want to stay connected to it. And when they have the ability to do that, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty right. cool. Cause it just reminds you that things are not, things are natural. Things are, you know, it, it's, 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 
it's almost like, you know, the idea of, of let's say Kiss saying they don't want to make a 70s record or whatever. And they, they don't have to, you know, but, you know, the analogy that makes sense or that would make sense to most people, whether it's Aerosmith or anybody, it's like in Aerosmith's case, they love toys in the attic and they love rocks. Mm-hmm. All of them do. They don't look at that as like, Ugh, they don't cringe. They love that right. stuff, you know. But when you go back that far, you know, to us, it's like, oh, that's the that's the that's the stuff, you know. But to, to them or Kiss or Aerosmith or anybody, it's like looking at their high school graduation picture, you know. It's like, oh, look at my right, hair. Right. You know, they, 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 they've, they know how much they've grown since then. So it's, it's, there's a little bit of a cringe aspect to it in a certain respect. Not that they don't like it or they don't appreciate what it was for the time, but they know how far they've come since then. And, and it's like, well, do I really want to rest my laurels on my high school graduation photo? 40 years later, you know, so I, I, I understand that a, a lot of times, um, we talk about, um, uh, our own, uh, memories and our own, um, sentimental attachment to songs and albums. But, um, one thing we should remember is that the artists, uh, have those same feelings and same sentimental attachments, um, or memories that center around albums they created. And maybe, maybe, um, uh, a band like Kiss or Aerosmith, when they were creating some of these classic records, maybe uh, in their minds, when they think about it, they think about, uh, hey, when I was writing and recording uh, Destroyer, um, I was messed up on drugs or I was going through a bad divorce or whatever the situation was at the time. And maybe, maybe that's where their memory takes them, uh, you know, regarding that record, right? Right. You're right. It might not even be about a, a creative growth. It could be about a, a, a certain time in their life that maybe wasn't pleasant or was, or was very difficult that's right. that they don't have the same kind of pleasant connotations with it that the, the fan base does, you know? Yeah, so it's 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 it, there's definitely you know there's definitely the the yin and yang in, in that and you know I I, I the idea like mentioning something like uh, classic seventy eight or or you know in the case of Greta Van Fleet they're actually a, an actual band and you know or have a label and and are you know they're they're not doing a tribute to anybody this is who they are and that's what they're doing and right. and all that stuff but you know the idea that that type of sound is being made. Like I looked at a, 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 a YouTube clip of Greta Van Fleet a few days ago and they were playing a large place, I think, in Baltimore and they were opening up for a band called The Shins who were kind of a retro band as the, well. The, yeah, The but, Struts. Oh, The Struts. struts. Yeah, yeah, The Struts. Excuse me. And uh, thank you. And then uh, I'm watching Greta Van Fleet and I think it's the first song. And as soon as the singer goes into his first howl, you hear nothing but 15 and 16-year-old girls just screaming, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, this is awesome that this sound that this band is making and, the, and that vocal approach that he's adapted and using, there's there's kids in there who have not heard Communication Breakdown. They have not heard Zeppelin IV. They have not, you know, I bet some of them don't even know who Led Zeppelin is. They might not know. All they know is that this, this guy, these guys are like a wild animal up there. There's like a real – there's not a drum loop up there. There's not a sample up there. There's not a – you know, they don't have dancers up there, but whatever this guy's doing, it's connecting with 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 me. And it, it was just cool to see to hear this on the YouTube clip. You know, all of a sudden you just hear these girls shrieking like it's the Beatles on Ed Sullivan or something. And it's like that's awesome. The fact that those type of sounds are out there is cool. 
it'll be, it'll be good for them and it'll be good for, 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 you know, for, for any of them that go, you know, my dad keeps telling, talking to me about this Led Zeppelin thing. Maybe I'll check it, it out. Really you know, is, it really is good for music. I mean, it is good for our brand of music, right? It's what's going to keep our brand of music, I think, alive um, is exactly that. You know, you hit yeah. you hit the nail on the head, which is, hey, here's a young band that is connecting with young younger listeners. Um, and if they're connecting with older listeners, that's great. You're going to get some cynical older listeners that go, ah, you know, that sounds just like Led Zeppelin or that sounds just like Kiss. And my 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 thing to them is so what? I mean, so what? So whether you do sound like Kiss or so whether you do sound like Zeppelin, is the music good? That's that's all I care about is, is the music good? That's an excellent point. And this is one of the reasons why the, this classic 78, you know, uh, thing is, has, has, is kind of special. And even though I'm involved in it, I can be objective about it because I couldn't release any of those those songs unless I felt the same way that I hoped someone else would feel as a, as a fan of that sound and of that type of music, you know, and is it, how does, okay. Yeah. It sounds like Led Zeppelin, but is it good? How does it make you feel? Does it, do you, do you go, wow, does it put a smile on your face? I mean, I really think that, you know, as, as cynical as, as times are and, you know, instant gratification with, everybody having access to every bit of information at their fingertips with on their phone or their computer. I think that there are people of all ages, whether it's guys like you and me or, or in their thirties or those 16 year old kids. I was just talking about at the Gregor Van Fleet show. They're just experiencing joy. You know, they're not, I don't want to come here to tear this apart. I, I, Listen to what they're doing. I'm getting off on this. You know, I think people are getting back to that. I think that's part of the reason why the vinyl, uh, resurgence is happening. People are, want to reconnect with the the experience of actually listening to and enjoying music, as opposed to overanalyzing a YouTube clip about how somebody's vocal isn't up to snuff or how their guitar was out of tune. You know? Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a little bit of music critic in all of us. I think we we tend to overanalyze uh, uh, music a little bit too much from time to time. And I think when we do that, we lose sight of just the joy of the of the music itself. Uh, I know sometimes when I have to review a CD or or um, a concert, um, I have to kind of find that fine line between being a music fan and giving them um, uh, objective review of the performance or the or the CD itself. So um, I completely understand that. That's right. That's right. And, and I think that's, I think that it's, it's only, uh, it, it's only, you know, everything comes around, you know, everything, everything is cyclical, like you said. And I think that as long as it's good, you know, it's, it's, it can't just be like, oh, they're just slapping together these half-assed riffs and the, the guy can't really sing and, and, and the, the melodies aren't catching me the, you know, as long as it's, as long as it's good, let it be. Let it be what it's going to be. Because guess what? Zeppelin ain't coming back, you know. And, yeah, and Aerosmith exactly. isn't going to make. Probably isn't going to make Rocks too no. or Toys too. No. You know? They might, and they they certainly could as a as an entity and as a band. But that's not where their heads at, or for whatever reason, you know, that's the likelihood of that happening is, is probably uh, very slim. So you know, it's, it's got to be good. Like you know, there's a lot of bands that sounded like ACDC over the years, you know. 
some of right. them sucked. some of them rose to the top and it's like there's no denying this is really good they took the acdc sound and they're doing their own material on it like for me a band like uh, there's a band called rhino bucket that came out in the late 80s you know early 90s totally bond scott era acdc uh, oh yeah and they did it really well and they had original songs and they they weren't retreading highway to hell and they weren't retreading you know this one and that one they took that style that they loved and they made sure the guitar sounded great and they made sure that the grooves were good and they made sure that the 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 the, the songs were cool and they were they for to me they were one of the better bands that happened to sound like that have that acdc tinge to them than 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 most of them that's just just to me but and they're still around you know kicks is still around you know they they resonated even went during a time when acdc was still active full time you know they both put out recent records they're both quality records uh you know and i mean it's it's absolutely the case and and if all i did uh as a music fan was to turn up my nose at a band that sounds like another band uh from the 70s or 80s if all i did was that then i would be listening to um a very select few records uh day in and day out and i would never be exposed to new music and that would uh that would really bum me out you know yeah i think that i think that you know particularly and even though it's not in the mainstream and Europe seems to gravitate towards most of the stuff before we do. But there are bands – like you got a young band like Greta Van Fleet or a young band like the Struts, the Biters out of Atlanta, which is yep. where you are. You know, It's got a certain it's got a certain thing to it that's like, yeah, has this type of thing been done before? Yeah, but does this seem genuine? Yeah, it kind of does. It does. It seems like they're coming from a genuine place. The Black, you know, Blackberry Smoke is, a, is an excellent – band i mean musicianship wise and feel wise those guys have the they they have it you know and right. i think still trying to find their feet in terms of that we're too country for rock and too rock for country thing you know yeah I, I think they're heading more into the, the the rock stuff which is where i live but you know there's no denying that they're 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 a great they're a great band and it's real that's who sure you can see where their influences are coming from but this is where they i'm not trying to manufacture that i'm Billy Gibbons part two, I'm, I'm, or, or the Almond Brothers part two, this is music I love. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to, to add to the, to the, to the, to, to the legacy of this type of music in a way that satisfies me creatively and, and, and write songs in the, that I wish that I'd like to hear on the radio from these type of bands, you know, I, the rival sons, the singer for the rival sons is possibly the best vocalist on the planet right now, you know? They don't have the commercial viability yet, you know, but their reputation as a live band and as an organic band is, is, is clear, you know, and uh, some people may never know who that singer is, a guy named Jay Buchanan, but he is totally, when he sings anything, whether it's a beautiful passage or a very aggressive passage or a sleazy kind of tongue in cheek passage, he's pouring it out. Everything about right. he does when he is singing, he is pouring out, you know, something, and that's hard to find. And he he, he might be he might be the the heir to the Steven Tyler throne, not in terms of his style of the sound that his his voice makes, but in terms of being uh, somebody who has a, a, a who's just pouring it out, you know. Yeah, absolutely. as far as American as far as American rock vocalist goes, you know, he's just, this is who this guy is. 
You know, he's not putting on a hat and pretending to play a role. He's at, he's in, he's in the moment. He's in the song. He's, he's there to do a thing and feel a certain way and hopefully make you feel a certain way. I know I'm totally rambling here, Stephen. No, 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 not at all, Tom. Uh, this is the type of interview that I set out to get. Uh, I thought it was more important that we dig deep into Classic 78 and understand um, what were your earliest influence and earliest memories um, as a kid growing up uh, that helped put together the musical DNA uh, that laid the foundation for you to uh, create this, uh, this tip of the hat to um, Classic Kiss. Uh, that was more important to me. I think it uh, goes without saying that we all listen to uh, all types of music. It's not just uh, Kiss, Van Halen, and Aerosmith uh, 24-7 each day, right? We listen to varying artists, uh, whether that be somebody like, uh, you know, Steely Dan or somebody like The Police or The Clash. Uh, there are various artists that uh, go into making up uh, uh, the things that we like to listen to. Yeah, I mean, so bands like bands like that, and and uh, the Jayhawks is some of the best Sunday Sunday morning music to listen to. You know, it's just you know just really quality songs with a really really cool character. It's it has nothing to do with this other stuff that is the foundation of why I listen to music. You know, the Almond Brothers band. I I I, I discovered them. You know, uh, I was too young to, 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 to absorb all that, to absorb all that stuff, you know, but I was, you have the luxury of being able to go back and discover things. And then I was able to discover what they were doing at the time in the late eighties and into the nineties, where they had a resurgence in terms of their musical credibility and their style being a natural style instead of trying to figure out how to get through the disco era, you know, with different lineups and stuff, you know, and then just stuff, you just pick up stuff, the clash, you know, I got into you know, in in my twenties, I discovered the London Calling album and the the Clash, and you know, this, these some of these things are the antithesis of the other things, you know, in terms of what the culture wanted to present, you know. But you know, I I like Foghat Live album as much as I like the London Calling album, you know. Uh, it's in none of them, and they have nothing to do with each other. They don't come from the same. You know, they don't come from the same intent or the same origins or anything. But if it's good, you should be able to enjoy it and recognize it. And and uh, you know, music is music is 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 awesome. I always I'm constantly thinking about music. I'm constantly listening to music. I, it, it's something that is I I have to I have to have. I don't have to be creating all the time, but I have to have something going on musically. Yeah, I completely understand. That's part of being an artist. Uh, you listen, uh, you you write, you create, you play, uh, you know, so it's all part of the cycle. So I, you know, I mean, I completely understand it. What What is your take on, on um, opening acts for bands these days, bands that are out there getting some exposure? And a band like Kiss, who was known for having great opening bands for a majority of their career, and not and not thinking twice about having somebody like Cheap Trick or ACDC on you on the bill, you know, nope, they should be on there. They're a great band. Let's have them out. I think they're outstanding. Well, you know, the guitar player is better than Ace. Don't care. We're giving up people. As, or they're a great band. We're giving people a quality show. The idea that a band like Kiss would rent out this, you know, accept that the opening band wants to pay for their slot on the tour you know and it's not just it's not just kiss there's loads of loads of acts out there who are you know 
you're not really you can't say that oh you know well, the industry is this that and there was a day when the record labels would give you three or four albums and they'd fund your tours they'd allow you to develop and those days are over and it's a shame you know because of the because of the pimple notes kids who were who were stealing uh stealing my music off of off of uh off of uh you know off of, off of youtube you know for free or whatever and it's like and then on the other hand you're just taking five grand a night for this band who just did a spot on your tour you know you're not helping them you know you're not doing them any favors you know so it's like that that's the that's the that's where the industry is now so it's kind of like hmm i can i can be upset about it and complain about how the industry is imploding you know and and people are stealing files but on the other hand it's like well we're not selling as many tickets as we used to maybe we should take that three grand or four grand or five grand a night from that has the financial backing to rent on our tour (laughs) you know yeah yeah i mean speaking from from uh um my view i mean i think this type of thing has been going on uh much longer than uh anybody thinks i think uh it goes back uh right you had payola uh to radio stations back in the day i think um record companies have always been paying uh some of the larger acts to get some of their baby bands on tours and get them exposure because at the end of the day i think um it's way better for a band to have the opportunity to play in front of 15,000 people um rather than a club full of uh um five or 10 people right <laughs> you know i mean it's just it's a larger um exposure uh in a shorter time frame it's definitely it's it's definitely beneficial for the for the for the band that that paid to be on the tour because they're going to get that exposure which is you know it's just it's just unfortunate that they have to pay to get on a to get on a tour you know that's just my you know that's just my i'm sure i'm and, and and again i'm sure what was ever going on in the 80s they were paying in one way or another to get on a rat tour or, or you know, or, or, a, yeah. or a Judas Priest tour. They just were paying in other ways other than actually cutting a check and renting the, renting the, the spot on the tour. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's the unfortunate part of where the industry is because, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, loads of bands out there and everybody can get their stuff out online and all that stuff, which is the great part about where things are now. The unfortunate part is that there's so much stuff that there's there's a lot of stuff that could be getting nurtured through a, through the corporate entities of of what record companies used to be that could really go somewhere and be something you know yeah so, I think there's you know, I think there's tons of stuff that gets missed because of the uh, the um, uh, overwhelming amount of stuff that is uh, coming towards you yeah yeah but it's it's it it just Things change, and that's just the way it is. And and you know, it's funny because you know, I I sound like a an old an old fuddy duddy, but you know, even the bands that I say I like, I was too young, I was too young to even go see them at the time. You know, so I'm, I'm way behind, I'm way I'm way old on my listening stuff, right? And you know, or too young for the stuff that I've listened to. You know, I know that when I'm listening to Humble Pie, if you had a chart about uh, that that showed on the map and the in the United States of who's listening to humble pie right now. It's me and four other people, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very isolated <laughs> feeling, you know? Right. So it's like, I, you know, I'm not, it's, it, it's, you know, you're disconnected on one hand. Cause it's like, this is it, you know, hearing Christine, Christine 16 on the radio feels a lot better than it does when I'm just playing it in the car by myself, you know? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> 
but uh, you know, I don't know. But you know, there's 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 you, we could go on forever and ever. And apparently, I I have been. You know. <laughs> no, so uh, I think you're you know you 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 have an affinity for the music and and you want to hear it yourself, but I think uh, you you also want to share that with uh, with the younger generation uh, as well as the already established fan base. You know, a big part of it is is that we wanted to hear songs like that again. You know, and nobody's doing it, so. You know, we get to get the creative juices flowing and, and try to try to come up with something that is just as good, you know, um, and uh, see if it can make you feel that way. And, you know, we were able to do that with ourselves, hearing our own material. And then, you know, people responded to outside uh, outside of our homes and outside of our rehearsal facilities. And, you know, as long as people feeling good with when they're listening to music and they, they can associate good memories with it. You know, you can't ask for anything more than that. Yep, that's uh, that's well said. And and so let me ask: Is there um, any chance that um, we'll be able to see Classic '78 uh, live at some point? The only way we would play live was probably if we got invited to do the Kiss Cruise. You know, that would probably be the only scenario where we would we would do that. But you know, um, and that would be the our our coming out and our farewell at the same time you know just a one-shot deal you know because we because all our cover would be blown and you know but uh but uh but the music is the is the is the fun part and that's where the focus is and you know we'll see how we'll see where that goes and you know we're going to give it a shot and um you know bearing any misfires or anything you guys will hear it at some point, you know, in the, in the future. Well, I know we're all waiting on uh, side two of Classic 78, but as far as the Kiss Cruise goes, I don't think that's uh, out of the realm of possibility. I mean, Kiss has already announced uh, a Led Zeppelin tribute and a Beatles tribute uh, on the cruise this year already. So uh, why not give the fans a little something extra special and uh, uh, bring out Classic 78 to... Uh, to perform i know uh the fan base would probably enjoy that immensely yeah yeah i i agree and like in you know in 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 my imagination of of what that would be like if we ever did get, get approached to do it they don't have they don't even have to t- tell anybody that we're on the boat until the friggin' thing leaves the port you know yeah if they, they could they could say we're coming on and put it as part of the lineup and that's fine you know because nobody's going to know who we are until we play the first note anyway you know or they could not say it, tell anybody at all, and then mysteriously at six p.m. on the Lido deck, you know. Yeah, exactly. Go, you know. <laughs> well, Tom, I think we all hope that uh, that happens for you in the future. And uh, again, uh, thanks for coming on today and sharing um, all your uh, your stories and your uh, your memories with us. Thanks for thanks for having me on, and you know, good luck with the with the program. No worries. Um, you can uh, pick up Classic 78 at iTunes and Amazon and anywhere you can download uh, music, uh, as well as uh, you can go to Classic78.com if you want to order a physical copy as well. Uh, thanks.
Vamos, <risos>